0: ladies and gentlemen boys and girls friends beyond the binary and uh, let's see oh uh all swamp-based beings uh, and my patron peeps uh, hey patrons it's uh, scoots here thanks for supporting the show i couldn't do it without you and uh, what do you say we get on with the show uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, well welcome, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep we do it with a bedtime story, all you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play, I'm gonna do the rest what I'm going to attempt to do. Is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, f- uh, the, you know, things you're thinking about, uh, feelings. So anything you know on your mind, anything you're experiencing emotionally or physical sensations that are coming up for you. Those are the big. Those are what we call the big three. Even though they cover way more, we don't actually. I don't even call it the big three. I just uh, thought of that right now. But those are three general areas, but there could be the other stuff, you know, like, uh, but, you know, we haven't talked about in a lot while, but buzzing lights, uh, gently s- sleeping partners, uh, sleeping with uh, a volume, uh, ducks, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, or geese. What if you lived in a high ears question that's never come up on the podcast before, but so we know, well, we don't know much, uh, but, uh, so we know that uh well, okay we can establish some things as facts that I may general generally known by scooter that they could be facts Bur- birds do migrate I know that much uh, there's something called migratory bird patterns or something or you know they they, they go in a general direction cuz they migrate from somewhere to somewhere else and I know there's places where they count birds because it's like part of them, it's on the migratory because I've been to a couple places where there's bird counting going on. And even where I went to one last year where I wasn't there for the counting season, but I saw the way they even had signs up so that people could, anyway, that's about all I know. But I'm getting some, I'm, I'm getting somewhere. If you're new, I'm really going nowhere, but I'm slowly going there. So if we establish those things, that birds do have, not all, like this is, it could be an SAT question, but uh, some birds migrate. Some birds migrate together. Some birds or most birds make noise, uh, like cawing or, or like ge- geese calling or goosing. This is an SAT question. Some birds are geese, but all geese are birds, uh, right? I mean, it's like, uh, those are the questions that I could count on to get right. But I think you have to, and then it would, then would be a multiple choice question after that. But so, okay, so we're there, we got those things. Okay, so then some birds that migrate that are birds that also make noise that travel together are frequent fly, they go over a flyover zone, correct? So some somewhere, there at least it's possible that there's someone that lives in a home or a house or a building a domicile could be an apartment it could be something else where the birds fly over a lot uh, and that could be something there could be a sleep with me listener who what i'm saying is that could be a very specific usage of sleep with me where you say, yes, because I only listen during migration season, which is uh, whatever, seasonally. I mean, I do. we do have a lot of seasonal listeners, but you say, because those geese uh, or whatever, that could be whatever. I don't think crows migrate, but let's just say crows are a noisy bird, no offense. Some crows are noisy, you're right, some crows. But can you imagine if crows were migrating over your house, particularly if they had, like, your tree was, like, where they took, they say, okay, let's, okay, kids, we're going to pull into this tree here and uh, stay within four or five branches. We get out your snack and uh, you could talk to the other kids, you know, be sure to use the air, you know, restroom. And make a lot, you know, get it out of your system, make a lot of noise, you know, because the, uh, the only kind of bird calling we're going to be doing while we're up, uh, up, some part of my brain just broke in with breaking news for me. Birds are migrating to make other birds, so they probably wouldn't be migrating with their family. They'd say, well, thanks, for, you really ruined that analogy, brain. Oh, I forgot, speaking of analogies, I'm supposed to be talking to the new listener. Well whatever excuse awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that. Believe it or not, I think I did I mean that's a nice image to accept uh, if you're the person that lives in the house uh, but let's uh, pretend it's a tree far far away where uh even a, a bird a bunch of birds on break uh you know kind of like they pull you pull off the interstate and you go and there's picnic tables and uh and that kind of stuff. Uh, So, where was I? Okay, so whatever's keeping me awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do, what I propose to do is create a nice place, just like this bird zone or a nice uh, rest stop uh, where you could set aside whatever's keeping me awake. And and, uh, I'll take your mind off. It's a safe place. I'm going to smooth it. I'm going to pad it. I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Creaky like that tree that the birds are in. If the birds weren't there, you can't hear it creaking now because the birds are all talking and chat. You know, getting out of, like they said, we got another 48 days in this, uh, whatever, thermal, this jet stream so you know, make sure to get out of your system. Because we, when, by the way, Junior, we're not stopping for another uh, Ford. I don't know how long birds go for. You know, I know so little, but on, honestly, I find you fascinating. Holy cow! Someone once said that you're related to dinosaurs, and I mean, I, I think uh, I don't know if that was Malcolm Gladwell or the other one. Uh, that's on the, in the movies, but uh, I don't know. The, he he may, doesn't. Malcolm Gladwell usually has a one-word birds. Uh, the amazing science within our brain, bird brain, bird brain comes up on this podcast a lot. The science and facts behind bird brains and how it can unlock a uh, relationship with one another. Probably not. You're right. Well, at least, you know, who would have thought? I don't know if Malcolm Gladwell ever dreamed of uh, this day that has come multiple times. But you'd say, is there any genre of books that doesn't have fan fiction? Well, not, you have nonfiction books. Well, not anymore. I solved that. I, I wrote the first, uh, I intended, you're right, I intended to write the first, uh, of many books of, of um, fan fiction based on uh, Malcolm Gladwell's books. And I call it sleep. It, 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 the first book I called was an intro where I was supposed to be introducing a sleep podcast. And then I talked about birds for a while. It was about bird family migrating together. They were rebels. Uh, everybody said you're supposed to go down there to make kids, not bring your kids on this trip. Uh, and they said, "Why don't you mind your own birds' wax? Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're part of this. Uh, we're part of this flock, uh, and we're just trying to eat our snacks here. So please, just go. Keep your branches. Uh, our family migrates together." And they said, "Okay, well, listen. Can I just ask you a question in private? Like, uh, what are you going to do with your kids when you get down there? Because you know that's when nature takes hold. If you know what I'm saying." You see, we're birds. The process really isn't as glamorous as a, as a person that writes Malcolm Gladwell fiction would hold in their mind. Mo- anyway, he should just move on. You're right, I should. Right away. Okay, so whatever's keeping me awake? Oh, Miss Semi Voice across the deep dark night. Lulling, soothing, creaky dulcetones, tones, pointless meanders. I think we've been on like a 12 minute pointless meander. Superfluous tangents, all those things. To keep you company. While you fall asleep, that's basically the uh, the show in a nutshell <laughs> by nut in a nutshell. yes, uh, So a couple of things to know. like usually I don't go off the topic that much that early though I mean only like 40 90 40 to 90 percent of the time. But some things to note, this podcast does take getting used to. Most listeners that are regular listeners say it takes two or three tries uh, to get used to it. So if you're skeptical or doubtful or very confused, I mean, listen to, I can understand that, particularly tonight. Uh, But you may also be, well, I can't picture that bird family in the tree. It's pretty nice. It's a pretty nice, okay image, not particularly striking obviously there's a lot of scientific uh, mistakes in there uh but it's pleasant i can see them passing around sandwiches or whatever that they i don't know where a bird would put their st- the you know they would probably in reality do some gathering or something i don't know but just in this image they have a picnic basket full of sandwiches and yeah the ability they have po- also yes they do have opposable thumbs it, within my mind Okay, so whatever's keeping you awake, oh, give the show a few tries and just see how it goes, because it's very different. Some of the things that are different about it, believe it or not, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You may have already figured that out. You just kind of barely listen, Uh, because it comes with a lot of nonsense and goofy stuff, but really that's here to keep you company while you fall asleep. This podcast also doesn't put you to sleep. It just keeps you company as you drift off. That's why I'm here about an hour to give you plenty of time. Or if you can't sleep and you need company or you wake up and you need company or it's during the day and you need company, I'll be here. I'm here to the very end of the episode. So there's that. Uh, so those are two things to know. A couple other things to know that can throw new listeners off. The structure of the show. show starts off with a greeting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. And in this episode, swamp-based beings or bird and bird families. Uh, and then there's business. That's how we keep the show out twice a week uh, is uh, the business uh, versus a paywall or something like that. Then there's an intro. Now, the intro really throws new people off, even some regular listeners. I just read a review of someone that said the whole 30% of the, or 30 minutes of the show is ads, which just isn't accurate, but... Yeah, there's ads at the beginning, then there's an intro that's about 20 minutes, uh, and it it can—it's 20 minutes of me, in some sense, getting warmed up and not getting to the point, but that's kind of the point of the show. Uh, So for a regular listener, the intro provides you a way to get some distance from the day and gives you, like, a built-in— uh, part of your bedtime routine that you can kind of adjust your bedtime routine in the show to, like you can start listening before you get into bed, as you're getting ready, or whatever you're doing to wind down. Or if you say, "Well, the podcast is my wind down," the intro is there to wind you down and uh, give you ease you into sleep. I don't have a way personally. And most of the listeners of, like, just falling asleep, like, closing your eyes and falling asleep, for us, that's just not an option. So this podcast gives you something to kind of barely listen to, whether your eyes are open and you're knitting or they're closed and you're just getting comfortable or you're brushing your teeth, whatever it is. Uh, and, yet, yeah, 2% of listeners skip ahead to 20 minutes and just get—they start the show there and they go on. So that's the intro. And, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to, to new listeners or some people. You just say, what they? like, so you spend 20 minutes talking about nothing? And, it's yeah, it's a pretty – you're right, and it's in a pretty important part of the show. I mean, I talk about something. In this case, uh, like, the the one person that's out there or multiple people out there that are living in high bird zones – You know, that they just have never been. This is the time. Finally, in one intro, I'm able to glamorize, give some Hollywood glamor to people that live in HBZs, high bird zones, or HBT, high bird traffic zones, HBTZs, uh, or HB, you know, high bird, FBMs, uh, frequent bird, FBMZs, uh, frequent bird migration zones. So all of those people are getting glamorized, and then the other people out there writing Malcolm Gladwell fan fiction, especially fan, you know, romance or whatever. You know, the day I fell in love, throwing a rock through a window, uh, and I learned, you know, whatever it is, you like, uh, you know, somebody out there could be writing that, and they say, finally, finally, I get glamorized on a sleep podcast. Or maybe there's like an even deeper form of fan fiction where there's a fictional Malcolm Gladwell who goes home and they say, "Malcolm, I heard, I heard you got uh, some people writing fomance about your stuff. Finally, you've made it. Uh, there's a spot at our dinner table for you once again. That we can. That we, you know, your mother's dream has finally come true." One day there'll be blaze, maybe there'll be a tingler about, a, you know, a, a fictionalized character based on your, you know, hard research and hard work. <laughs> so it's just ridiculous. I'm only laughing at my own ridiculousness. So, oh, so that's the intro. Oh, yeah, the intro the, the, it just goes on and on and on. I can't help myself, I guess. Uh, Then after the intro is business, that's just how podcast structure works and it's essential to keeping the show free. Then after the business is a story. Tonight it'll be our ongoing episodically modular series, Otter Things, that you can listen to in any order. Uh, Every episode before this would just be a prequel if you're listening to this episode first. Uh, so then, and then there's thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. That's the kind of, the only other thing you need to know is like, I make this show because I've been there tossing, turning mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep, bothered by birds. I mean, that's true. Like, uh, there's been many, many times I said, what in the heck is with those joyful bird sounds? They're really getting on my nerves, uh, And I may have even used stronger language than that. And uh, so I've been there. So that's one part of it. I want to help because I've been there. But the other side of it is you. You deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place of solace. And if I can provide that for you, it would be my honor. So I guess, like, that's really why I make the show. If you can get some rest via this podcast, uh, I'd be happy. Now, knowing that, if you're new, give it a few tries because it doesn't work for everybody, particularly right away. So just see how it goes. And then in the end, I wish it did work for everyone, but some people just don't like the show or it just isn't effective for them because it is so different. But that actually is what ends up making it actually work uh, for the people it works for. It's like, oh, this sh-, like... uh yeah, would have never like it. I'm, I'm. I thought I was the only person that thought about this kind of stuff. But finally, someone like I said, glamorizes it for me. They said I thought I was the only one with uh, a bare grasp of birds, <laughs> but I really like them anyway. Like uh the old, I thought I was the only one that believed in the half science of birds. Uh, but finally. There's someone who puts, you know, puts, you know, puts it out in the public sphere. So anyway, the main message I want to get to you is I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate your time. I really hope I can help you get to sleep. I work really hard on the show. You're in a nice drive. Uh, so thank you again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways I'm able to bring this podcast to twice a week. All right, everybody, it's time for our episodically modular, serialized, barely serialized series. Uh, Otter Things, this is the last uh, fictional episode, then we'll have a recap episode. Uh, So I'm going to turn things over. I think, oh, episodically modular means you can listen to it in any order. So if this is your first episode, don't worry, we'll try to get you caught up on everything. And then you could listen to it. And if you've never listened to it, you say, well, I don't watch that show. This is a bedtime story. Don't worry about it at all. It's made to help you fall asleep and keep you company. And before I get started, I just want to introduce things with our Hollywood uh, famous uh, introducer, uh, the most famous person in our town, uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, Emma. As the ladies, says, gentlemen, as the boys, as the girls, the friends beyond the binary, it's time to journey to a place beyond the swamp. It's time for other things. Splish, splash. Uh, thanks, Antonio. So without further ado, I'm going to turn things over to Miss Emma Otter. And uh, she'll she'll take it from here. Hey, everybody, this is Emma Otter here. I'm your host. Uh, welcome to our story called Otter Things. It's a tale of a place beyond the swamp where I, Emma Otter, and my friends live and my family, and a place where a lot of odd things have happened to those of us otters, beavers, muskrats, uh, porcupines, and more. So I'm Emma, I'm in middle school, and I have uh, some very good friends, some some of my best friends are named Vaughn, LJ, uh, Willow, and Billy, and once upon a time when our life was a little bit, it was odd, but a little bit more, uh, you know, less needed to be shared with the world, uh we played a game called Bards and Big Bunnies this was before we met our friend uh, Billy it's a, a, like a, a role playing adventure game you play dice in your imagination and one night after playing uh, all our my friends headed home but Willow took a path less taken and she was kind of led on a goose chase uh uh, through the swap and then into a strange another world by being presumably at this point we know from another world uh it was a goose two-headed goose bu- or i guess technically three heads uh or a goose bunny like let's just say that a bunny and a goose uh that uh, may, probably from another universe or impact, I don't know, like that lived under, other, uh, under the swamp, but also kind of on a plane between our world and another world. Uh, kind of complicated to explain. And there the Goosebunny took Willow and also her sister's friend, Babs, uh, and, and treated them like t- t- toy babies in a kind way, took good care of them. But the thing was that because it was somewhere beneath the swamp, that was also in another world eventually because B- Babs uh, drifted into the other world and like, uh, all that remained behind was a doll. And the same thing happened to Willow and we, but, but, you know, during this time we didn't know where Willow was. We were looking for, that's where we met Billy, a platypus, uh, who we'll get into, I guess, quickly. But don't worry. All will be well, I always tell you. Eventually, while we used Billy to find where Willow was, Willow's mom, Francis, and the head of our community resources department, uh, Bull, the bullfrog, uh Leon, or the bull, he, Leon or Bull, he goes by. He is a bullfrog. Probably you have to be a pretty cool bullfrog to be known as Bull, Uh but they eventually found Willow, brought her back, so all is well with Willow. Now, meanwhile, so Billy lived in a place underneath a place on the other side of the swamp, uh, known as the Visitor Center. And she she has powers that uh, she can use the power of song to make things happen. For you'll see in this episode. But for example, if she said. Uh, I don't know, uh, the stars at night are big and bright. The stars might get brighter, at least to you, as she was singing it. And so we worked with her. We found That's how we found where Willow was so that her mom and uh, Leon could find her. But the people that ran the visitor center underneath the swamp, they had been kind of using... Uh, Billy's uh, superpowers or uh, magic powers, however you want to describe it, as uh, part of some sort of uh, pseudoscience, uh, larger community resource uh, thing. Uh, like they, It was a lab, I guess. And it was run by a uh, fox named Dr. Max Modine, and Dr. Max is not ready to let uh, Billy go. And so while everybody was out or, or the adults were looking for Willow, we were uh, waiting for them to return with Willow. And we found out that, oh, no, the uh, Dr. Max and his uh, team of weasels, uh, paramilitary, I would say, Had tracked us down. So we were hiding in a a set of lockers. Uh, We'd fallen asleep and we were hiding for them as they were searching for us. And I guess that's like where we'll start. I'm trying to think if there's anything else you need to know. I mean, I guess not. Like they started, so they started like uh, searching for us and eventually. Like, we weren't actually hiding in the lockers. We were hiding in a hallway, behind, a secret hallway behind the lockers where, presumably, the school, this was at the high school, not our school, but where the school could just look in people's lockers without unlocking them or them even knowing it. Uh, and Dr. Max and everybody, they'd searched the whole school. They still couldn't find us, but they knew we were there. And then one of the weasels was walking up and down the hall, and he said, hell, look at this here. So here's a love note sticking out of this locker here. Hardy, har, har. And he started reading the love note, which said, like, dear sweetie-poo, your fur is like, the you know, something like that, like when, when the moonlight on the breeze in the trees. Uh, he was reading it in that weasel, even has hey, a moon in the trees, you know. But Dr. Max said, stop, what, what? And he said, it's a love note. Uh, what, what do you mean, what? Uh, yeah, it smells like uh, almonds. Uh, and Dr. Max said, did you say it was sticking out of a locker? And then all, everybody paused and realized, oh, wait a second, the lockers. And we were behind the lockers, but the, we still were like trembling, you know, as they started opening the lockers. uh and, uh, throwing stuff out of the lockers, uh, and they'd say, clear, this locker's empty, clear. And some of the lockers were very neat, and some of them, you know, you could hear them, and then you could see, well, there's, like, uh, snacks in here and stuff, uh, and it was tight back where we were. We were all kind of pressed together. Like I said, at first it was dreamy and nice, and now it kind of felt, uh, hot and sweaty, but I didn't really mind being scrunched up next to Billy. It made me really feel all as well. And then Vaughn and LJ were on the other side. But then, once again, an accidental weasel uncover. He said one of the weasels was looking at a mirror in, that was, like, to the back of the locker. And I think maybe this was one of these weasels that had, like, a twin brother or best friend that worked for Dr. Max. He said, what are you doing? I said, hey Look at this. It says, uh, like, it had a joke on the mirror. I don't know which one. Uh, like, even though it's Monday, you, you look like a Friday or something. And I said, no, you don't. And it went to uh, hit the l- mirror in the back of the locker. And it missed, and it hit the wall, and it was empty. And again, Dr. Max said, what ha- What was that? And uh, there was nothing, boss, nothing over here. We're just... Uh, Searching these lockers, and Dr. Max walked over, and the weasel said, it's a mirror, it has a magnet, it sticks to the back of the locker, you look great, Dr. Max, and Dr. Max tapped the back of the locker and heard a hollow sound, uh, and then you could hear them motioning, right, uh, and there was a famous movie uh called hard to can throw roll the dice no uh, like hard to roll the die and it had a scene like this but the uh, hero the heroine uh she was in a um air conditioning duct uh, which i don't know what that is but it was in the movie something they have in cities i guess big cities and they were pressing on it. So they started pressing on the things. And Dr. Max just knew this is where we were. And they were tapping on the lockers, waiting for something that wouldn't be the hollow sound. And they were getting closer and closer to us. And I heard Dr. Max say, What's So find the exits of these things. So we kind of knew we were caught uh, as uh, they started uh, pushing in. And then one pushed in right where I was, right into my, like, uh, almost touching my chest. uh, And, uh, of course, it made a different sound because it wasn't as hollow because I was standing there. Then we heard the shuffling of weasel feet as they kind of got filled the hall or weasel paws or whatever. And then they pressed in on Vaughn's and it made less of a hollow sound. And then LJ's and then... After LJ made a hollow sound. Then they went back to me and then to where Billy was and then after Billy. So they knew exactly where they were. And we were there kind of in the darkness. And then Dr. Max cleared his throat and he said, Billy, I know you're in there. I know all you're in there. Just come out and uh, we could go home. Your friends could go to their homes and everyone will be well. But you could also hear something else, which was the weasels uh, getting ready. Uh, And I said, wait a second. Well, that doesn't, the weasels, you could almost hear their muscles moving and, and their nails like clicking in the floor of the hall. It was almost like a creak and a click. So we knew he wasn't totally telling the truth. Uh, and then doctor Max he cleared his throat again. He said, Billy, don't make me start counting down uh, for consequences. And then there was another pause and Billy swallowed and looked at me. And then doctor Max started counting down uh you know five uh, four But then I heard, and I didn't even hear it, I felt another sound deep within Billy, this uh, vibration that kind of started to grow behind the lockers, and I could feel it in my chest uh, and my nostrils and even my teeth uh, as it moved outward. And it was the song, Strike It Up, uh, that she began to sing, and then everything in the lockers, in the floors, and even the lockers themselves, lifted up and, and flew and started flying around and dancing around Dr. Max and the weasels. And all the lockers that were closed burst open and stuff started flying out of them. Uh, and right in that confusion, uh, we ran, uh, and, uh, like of a storm of papers, of four of us holding hands, uh, wrappers and snacks. And of course, Vaughn wanted to stop and he even opened his mouth and caught some, what is that called? Uh, fiddle faddle in his mouth. And then he said, then he caught a, bu- he said fiddle faddle and bugles together The taste that nobody wants to taste, uh. And then we said, where should we go? And then we ran into the room where, where the school uh, has in-school suspensions right around the corner. And I said, this is a good place to hide because I heard Tefe say that once they uh, put you in here, they forget all about you. Uh, and they probably already looked in here because it was like in the principal's office, but in the back of the principal's office, like these little mini places uh they said Taffy said they can't even hold me. The school, you know, you can't hold Taffy down, a good otter down. Uh, even in in school suspension. And we ran in there, past the nurse's office, past the principal's office, uh, and uh, past you know that printing machine that prints in purple. I don't know what that was called. Uh, it smells like uh, weird. And then when we ran in, the, it was just a hall with a bunch of rooms and a bunch of doors. And we immediately realized, wait, these are just like little study rooms. So there's no exit here. And we started searching for a place to hide. There was like a desk facing all of it uh, where I guess some monitor would keep an eye on the kids that were in school suspension. A lot of dust. Uh, we knew it would only be a second till the weasels got there. So we we're trying to look for anything we can use. Uh... Vaughn jumped up on the desk and knocked over this big box and out of it tumbled a bunch of these cones that said uh, I, uh, I said done Dun say Is this like some sort of French class thing dune it's like uh, maybe it's for a d- that dune remember that book dunes is that I thought it was called dune. And then LJ said, don't you know that's a dunce? It's like an insulting term for troublemakers that authority figures use. It's, it's not appropriate and kind. And just like your brother Teffe, he's probably been called a dunce before. And we said, well, we, we got to hide. Uh, can we use these? And then uh, Vaughn said, like, is a dunce like a jester? And LJ said, yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, these cones—you got to wear them on your heads—and then we said, well, "What if we point them out in the door?" So we started stacking them with the points out in the doorway. And Vaughn said, "You can use your mind to shoot them out at the uh, the weasels when they come." And we filled the whole doorway with cones. Uh, from the outside, it must have looked like some sort of—I uh, don't know. In the inside, it was just circles, you know, paper circles. So as, but as we were stacking the cones, the weasels came, and we said, we, said sing a song like rock. Can you sing one of the rock, famous rocket songs by Bowie or Elton? And Billy just kind of stared at him, uh, and uh, she said, is, is a jester and a fool the same thing, like in uh, William Turtlesphere? Because Dr. Max used to read me Tur- William Turtlesphere, and I said, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. And she said, okay. And the weasels gathered outside, and they said, nah, your doctor's not here right now. Uh, so we're going to soften you up. But Va- Vaughn wasn't listening either. He said, get ready for a countdown to Major Tom. And then LJ said, Major Tong. And then they just said, anyway, five, four, three, two, one. And then nothing happened, and we were waiting. And we looked back at Billy, but she was already singing. But it wasn't a a space. It was like a sad sweet song Uh, with a little bit of fun. It wasn't rocket-like at all. But then the weasels started pulling the dunce caps out and walking in the room and putting them on their heads. Uh, And uh, we were like, Billy, what's happening? And... and, uh, Then she started singing, because first she sings uh, throats, uh, uh, but then they started dancing, and they realized the song she was singing was Everybody Plays the Fool. And they started dancing like marionettes, uh, doing some sort of foolish, silly dance. And uh, they started singing along with Billy, and eventually they just went into the different study rooms and sat down like marionettes exhausted. And, uh, then Billy said, don't come out. You're like, you're all in big trouble. Like she was a teacher and they kind of were like right. they, they, like, uh, like they were like, they were students or something and they all kind of put their heads down on their desks. And she said, yeah, put your heads down and don't come out until we tell you to. Uh, and then we locked all the, and they said, wait a second, you can, these study rooms have, and we locked the doors and all uh, like, uh. There's a good portion of Weasels we locked in those study rooms. But then I was thinking about the lyrics. I said, Well, does not the lyrics of the song. And I said, Oh, well, I guess it's like uh, Billy's Powers. But whatever it was, it worked. And we poked our heads in the hallway, and the hall was clear, and we started running again. And then we were trying to figure out how we could sneak out of the school. And uh, LJ said, Well, what about. uh?" Like, uh, like I think there's like a, when we were in the science lab, he goes, he goes, isn't there the uh, underground compost? Uh, he goes, isn't that part of the science lab? And We said, oh yeah, yeah, maybe we could sneak in there. As he said, oh yeah, that'll that'll like get out in there. And He said, yeah, there's an aeration tank in the middle of the uh, sports ball field. So we ran down the hall, and then we got to the science lab door, and as we did, right around both corners came Dr. Max and a bunch of weasels on both sides of us. And as soon as we stopped Billy fell to her knees and and closed her eyes and and, uh, leaned against me like she needed a nap, like she was tired out from all of her singing and using her powers. And uh, I said, get the door open. We got to get in here and lock the door for Dr. Max because they were still running towards us, you know. But they got there. And uh, I think we had a little bit of time. Again, my memory is just uh, like. uh, But then Dr. Max said uh, in this very flat voice, uh, Billy, can you hear me? It's your papa here, Billy. Uh, It's time to take you home. And then he said, and you three need to step aside and let an adult handle things. You caused enough, enough trouble for everyone here. It's time for me to fix things and take Billy home with us or just to step aside because I'm more than willing to count down. And I said no, and then Vaughn said no, and then LJ said no. And I said, we'll take any consequences you got, uh, Foxface. Uh, go ahead and count us down. We're ready for you. And then LJ said, yeah, count us down. And Vaughn said, yeah, count us down. And Dr. Max said, I was hoping you'd say that. Uh, weasels, let's start count. Let's count on five, uh, four. And then I said, we're not worried at all because Billy transferred three. She transferred her power to us. So I'm sorry to say to you and your weasels, uh, you're going to be very, very, very sorry. And I kind of started to make this noise like I was holding a note or warming my voice up. And I held up a finger to my ear like uh, I'd seen in... uh, music video one time, and then LJC, up. don't make us sing you into non-existence, uh, and uh, then uh, Vaughn made a squeaky sound like his voice was cracking, he said, have you ever seen what an off-key magical song does to a weasel, and looked at all the weasels, and they had all paused. And uh, Dr. Max even paused for a second. Then Dr. Max said, don't worry about it. They're bluffing, too. And then I said, okay, uh uh-huh. And I started to clear my uh, voice. Uh, But to be honest, I didn't know we were bluffing. But I thought uh, maybe we could get Billy Spowers. uh, And the weasel seemed to believe it. And I said, Vaughn, can you drop a beat on us, Uh, and he goes, bop, 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 uh, and then I, 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 I said, uh, and then LJ said, give me the music, uh, and then I realized it because we, and we just started to dance in sync. First, we put our left foot, across, like our left foot, we step forward, left over right, right over left, uh, arms down, leaning forward, two hops back, uh hop on your right leg, a 360-degree spin. They kick kick your thumb back uh, like you're telling, and we were singing this song. Uh, And the weasels and Dijamax, they were just stunned because it it was so flawless and natural. But that was because we had uh, had rehearsed this so many times uh, for this talent show we were going to enter because it's a song, uh, everybody dance now, and we were going to do it, uh, we are going to do it in, as, we are going to do it as, like, characters we were studying in our literature class, for, and then we just, and we, so we practiced it all, uh, but then, like we said, wait a second, we'll be the only ones that enjoy this, uh, so we just did it for ourselves in the end. We just got nervous. We didn't enter the talent show, but we knew the dance back and forth. Uh, but I'd forgotten about it because it had been a couple of years. And then I started singing, gonna make you sweat till you cheese. Uh, is that gross enough? Indeed. And then uh, Vaughn and LJ said, you know, gonna make you sweat, baby. Let the rhythm move you. It was a whole thing, uh, And everybody, their jaws were just wild. Uh, But I was, like, full of confidence. I was staring at Dr. Max and the weasels because, again, they were like, there's no way they could be just dancing like this, uh, just on their own. Uh, uh, Maybe Billy was still, like, I think in the back of the minds, even Dr. Max, maybe Billy was actually using her powers with her eyes closed or something. But then Dr. Max shook his head and said, no, 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 three, two. And then as he got to two, the whole building shook. uh, And that's when everybody stopped, even us. uh, And it shook again. And we heard this click, click, clicking. And then it shook uh, again. And then coming, running down the hall, we heard actually the pitter-patter of little feet, uh, and then an Adi Ruxpin ran down the hall underneath all the weasel's legs, slid with style right up to us, uh, and then popped back up and looked at us. Uh, and Vaughn jumped and squealed because he thought it was a bug, uh, but it was really just an Adi rockspin. And uh, Adi Ruxpin said, nice moves, Willow. That's really good. Winkity-wink. uh wink and, uh, we said, "Why well, we were, we were stunned. Everybody was stunned. And then uh, Adi Ruxman said, I'd duck into that lab right now. And then everything shook again. And as we grabbed the door to the lab, uh, bursting like through the walls and the ceiling was the giant, uh, goose bunny. And it was, uh, hopping down the hall. It looked very unhappy. And then I realized that, uh. Uh, the Audi Ruxton was shaking off all sorts of carrot and peanut butter and we closed the door. But, uh, what I know now is that bunny went down the hall and was grabbing weasels with its ears and its goose heads and Dan, you know, kissing them very strongly. And they were all trying to stop it and it was hopping and, uh, it hopped on Dr. Max to give him an extra hug and kiss, uh, and Adi Ruxpin held on to Dr. Max, uh, uh, and then the goose bunnies tried to lick Dr. Max and all the, uh, carrot shreds and, um, peanut butter or whatever. And meanwhile, we closed the door to the lab and, and locked it, uh, but it, 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 it was like, hoping that the bunny would just go away or something. And then we put Billy down and we tried to, like, uh, give her some water and we heard the weasels like, you know, trying to get out of the way of the bunny and saying, I'm not a carrot, stop licking me, uh, uh, and all that stuff. Uh, and then we heard the bunny kind of saying, go to sleep and sing some of them to sleep, uh. And it was quiet, and we said, okay, that's good. The bunny is good. And then, of course, no, 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 the bunny doors ripped The bunny used its ears like arms and ripped a floppy ear to the door right off its hinges. And uh, LJ said, grab some beakers and a Bunsen burner. We'll stop this thing. And we said, but we got to hook it up to a hose and then find the teacher should keep it everything. So we were throwing beakers and uh, test tubes at it. And Vaughn was trying to hook up a Bunsen burner, uh, uh, but then it was just kind of deflecting everything with its ears and its goose heads. But they also didn't seem to like, obviously, having that stuff thrown at it. And uh, again, Vaughn was trying to say, "Get, get this thing up!" Uh, and then Vaughn stood up and remember, just bluffed like it had a bun- He had a Bunsen burner. And the bunny took its ears and picked Vaughn up and uh, had him gently rested, laid him on the ground so he would rest uh, and not get in the way. And then LJ came and uh, just 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 could kind, of, kind of dove on the bunny, uh, which didn't work, and it gently placed LJ to the side uh, so he could rest and without being able to help anymore. And then I stood in front of it and I said, no, N-O, leave us alone. We're just kids. Uh, you already bothered our friend Willow, and we're not toys, we're not carrots. Go home and leave us alone. And then one of the gooseheads kind of stared at me and then kind of coughed and then spat out uh, an Adi Ruxpin, a different part Audi Ruxpin parts. And, uh, I said, gross. Uh, And I said, you know what? I don't think you want this. And I don't think you really, uh, I don't believe you're really here, Uh, but it's, uh, it it didn't, it didn't seem to say like, it wasn't listening to me. And I said, we play this game called bards and big bunnies. And sometimes there's uh, beings that are just acting on instinct. Are you sure you're not acting on instinct? Uh, and something about that word instinct, I think, made it Burke its ears up or something. I said, do you just want one of us as a toy? You tried to take a willow, and now you're going to try to take Billy? I'll go with you. Me. And I, I said, me. And it looked at me, and I said, I'll come with you if you leave all them alone, all my friends alone, and leave and I said, do you understand? Uh, and uh, it, it nodded. And I said, okay, let's, I'll go with you then. Just leave them alone. And it kind of stared at uh, Billy for a while because I think he had some connection to Billy. But I said, I'll go with you. I'm, I'm the most, like, look at me. I'm, I'll, I'll make a great toy. Googly, googly, goo. And I said, you could even wrap me up. And then it, like, uh, st- pulled out, a-, a goose thing went into its bunny fur and pulled out a swaddling blanket. And LJ even said no, like, but LJ was so tired and rested that uh said, no, we'll, we'll, we'll Emma, no. And I said, yeah, I'll go with you, and uh, I'll go to your bunny world, uh, just don't be rough with anybody else here in our world, okay? Let's just go back to your world in the tracing paper tower or wherever it is you live, uh, and I'll be your big baby if that's really what you want. Uh, and then one of the bunnies, one of the bunnies, heads started to kind of pat down my head. Uh, and then it started to kind of start to swaddle me in his his swaddling blanket. And you know what? I wasn't really worried because, uh, I did realize the big bunny stuff and me, I wasn't being a method actor, uh, but I guess I was in an adventure and I said, well, this is what it's going to take. Uh, all will be well. I'll figure this out, uh. And because some people said it was so courageous and so brave and that, you know, that uh, they could have made a a series just about me and and what I was willing to do and not about all my friends and everything they did. But I said it wasn't brave. It was just what needed to be done at the time. And I knew it was going to work out. I didn't know how, but I had some confidence. I said, I could probably live with a bunny. I mean, I didn't want to, but. It was a choice. I didn't want the bunny to uh, deal with my friends in in a non polite way or my new friend, uh, Billy. Uh, So it started to swaddle me, and uh, I said, okay. And then it started to sing to me, and I said, okay. And I started to kind of start to feel strange uh, because I was, well, first of all, swaddled in a full size. hadn't been swaddled in, like, whatever, 10 to 11, 12 years. And I felt like it was singing me a lullaby, but I was, like, getting transported, like, into that dreamy place you go when you're asleep. Uh, But it was different. I could see a world that wasn't our world. Uh, But I was like, okay, here I go. And I felt myself fading and and turning into a doll. It was weird, Uh, I'll say. And then I heard something move uh, behind the bunny. And then I heard Billy's voice say, "No, uh, stop. Uh, this stops here." And uh, the, the, like I said, the bunny stopped singing. And then I saw Billy standing, and the bunny turned and looked at Billy, and it made kind of like a like a geese hiss or whatever. Billy said, it's time for you to go home, and it's time for us to wrap this up and unwrap my friend. And I said, oh, wait a second, Uh, Billy's going to sing a song. And Billy kind of made a look at me, like, uh, to to use my teeth to unwrap the tie, and I did. I pulled the—I started to de-swaddle myself, I guess because, you know, I'm not a little baby. I could pull the swaddle out with my teeth. And I thought, this is awesome, because I could tell Billy was starting to sing. I didn't know what it was about. Uh, And I said, oh, great, Billy's going to save me. She's going to deal with this bunny and send it home, and everything's going to be well. Just how I wanted it to turn out, just like before, I was willing to do something. But now, you know, I didn't see it as related, but I said, well, now things are going to work out great, and then Billy can live with us or whatever. And all will be well, but we know that sometimes all will be well and not in the way we expect, you know, because uh, uh, we just, uh, you know, it doesn't all. It, sometimes all will be well means you, you say, oh, it was unexpected. This isn't how I would have said all will be well, but it is how all will be well. And Billy said, throw me the blanket, and I threw Billy the blanket, and then she started running around the goose and swaddling it. uh, And she said, it's time for you to go home now. And she started singing a song from a distance, like from a distance the world looks blue and green and snow-capped swamps uh, or something, you know, from a distance there's harmony. And it echoes through the land, a voice of hope and peace uh, through every swamp-based being. And she swaddled, and then she held, she swaddled the goose bunny not just in her swaddling blanket, but in her arms. uh, And she was singing to the bunny, and she said, I'm going to take you home to your world where you belong. And I said, and then you'll be back? Uh, And she looked right at me, and you know, tears rolled down her eyes, uh, and I said, "Oh dear, I guess that means no." And she said, "Goodbye, Emma. Goodbye, my better than best friend." And I could only say goodbye. I couldn't. I could only say it with my mouth and not my voice. Uh, and she kept singing, and they started to fade in and out, and fade in and out, and. Uh, I guess, like, kind of what happened after that kind of faded out of my mind. Uh, I guess eventually they faded away. But for me, it kind of faded into my tears, and I guess maybe I fell asleep from exhaustion or sadness or something. But what happened was that, uh, I guess, Dari and Taffey's plan had worked out. They had, like... A, done a ruse uh, to let the our community resource department and the regional community resource department know what dr. Max was up to so they had sent uh, authority figures to come and they came to the school and uh, they said oh we're we're here to uh, re you know community based services and to help uh what's going on with all these weasels and these, these are unauthorized authority figures and who's, what's Dr. Max doing? And so they took, they said, well, we're going to have to deal with some consequences for all of you. So they took them away and they brought us all. Uh, my parents were there and Dari and Teffe. And eventually we, uh, We all, like, you know, got actually because our community rallied around us and made sure that we slowly recovered our physical health and, you know, had the resources to deal with everything and process everything that had happened. And we're validated on the oddness of it all. And, I mean, quickly it became, like, something that just people kind of remember in an inaccurate way. And Willow was there getting even more recovery services uh, so that she could, you know, marshal her own healing process too. And slowly all of our health uh, started to restore. And we saw Willow and we visited her as she she was like, uh, you know, like getting better and healthier in her journey And our community was there for us and our family. I mean, my family's kind of there. And, you know, Tefe was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, whatever. But Tefe was a little bit bit different. And soon it was uh, like a season of giving and Willow was smiling again and we got a new... uh, uh, we got a new adventure to play in bards and big bunnies. Dari had given Tefe a new audio, like a new use to like rebuild Audi Rock Spindal. And she said, just so you know, this doesn't mean anything though. really, Just so you know. But they stayed close. So I don't know what that mean, really means. I don't know. And soon we returned to playing bards and big bunnies and we had this renewed vigor of the game. Because it, it, instead of, like, it, it, like our imaginations were more expanded with more possibilities and then a visceralness that uh, some of this was real, but it was also fun. It was, uh, I don't know, we just really enjoyed it. And, I don't know, we just felt closer. You know, three of my best friends uh, were there, Willow, Vaughn, and LJ. And then at night, you know, when I would be home, I would miss uh, Billy, but I also felt like she was there like singing to me. I could feel her presence. I could feel the vibration of her voice. Uh, and I kind of imagined her in another world snuggling with the singing to the bunny and singing to me at the same time. And I would look at the night sky and say, "Okay, this is like the def- five a mouse in a movie we saw which would look at the sky." And maybe Billy and the bunny were together looking at the sky. And they said, okay, well, all's well. It's not the well I wanted, but all is well. Now, little did I know that Billy was not with the bunny. She was out there, uh, and she had, I guess she, had, I, I don't know exactly, but, uh, you think she had brought the bunny back to the bunny's world, but she had returned to our world. And she was resting. She was living in the tree where we have the community research fair since it was still months off. And, uh, Leon was watching over her and bringing her food and blankets and comic books and also bards and big bunnies and novels, uh, Which she was reading, and she needed a lot of rest. uh, But she she had everything she needed uh, to rest. uh, But we didn't know then. And at night she would sing, and I would feel her presence close by, because even though I didn't know it, she was nearby. And I guess the most important part of the story was, uh, you know, uh, Willow uh Dari and Francis's family unit was restored but it was their life had changed they had this new appreciation of one another this new joy uh, and this new awareness of how important life was and how important it was to accept things that weren't so perfect and just how important love was uh and supporting one another and being part of a community. And they really just started to treasure not every moment because they weren't perfect, but a lot of moments, uh, and laugh even more knowing, uh, you know, that there's odd things in the world, uh, but when I mention pieces of imperfection, there is one part of the story I have to kind of close with. A little secret uh, to tide you over. A little secret Willow was keeping. Uh, she was keeping it from all of us because, like, uh, on her side, like, underneath her fur on her right side, if you kind of reached under, right under on her side rib cage, there was some... Uh, what is that stuff called? Velcro. And, you know, that's not normally on a person, you know, an organic being. And if you pulled the Velcro up, uh, there was a plastic panel on there. Uh, like a, just a, kind of that hard, soft plastic, like a doll, like her body had changed in that one spot to a doll. And when she pulled up the Velcro and pushed on that spot, uh, She kind of made this uh, very quiet uh, baby cry. It it was like some sort of a mechanism, a mechanical one. When that cry came, she would see that other world where the bunny was uh, running around in a field of carrots finally free but also the strange tower going from one world to another world, uh, through a piece of and She said, Is it, but it wasn't a dream cause she was wide awake and she would only do it when she was alone and she didn't really tell anybody about it. Uh, it was odd. Uh, it was another odd uh, thing. Uh, but all, all in all, it was also a reminder that, uh, at least for now, all will be well as you get some rest. Uh, thanks for journeying to our swamp and hearing our tale of odd things that had happened. Maybe one day we'll speak again. But it's been my pleasure uh, to talk to you as uh, Emma Otter uh, reporting. Good night.